My name is Trisha, and you're listening to Art and the Monsters, a podcast about art and all the things that get in the way of making it. Beyond the basic tools in The Artist's Way, Morning Pages, and The Artist's Dates, Cameron provides specific tasks at the end of each week's chapter. These tasks are a mix of fun and more serious or reflective. Cameron writes that in order to recover our sense of hope and the courage to create, we must acknowledge and mourn the scars that are blocking us. And many of her tasks ask you to address and think about those scars and their impacts on your creative life. Cameron's emphasis on creative wounds resonates throughout the whole book. She often asks you to reflect on what hurt you in the past. Cameron refers to wounds more regularly as blocks, and she uses the verb unblock. Based on the emphasis on old wounds in this book, I have to assume that unblocking has a lot to do with relinquishing those old scars. Cameron writes, Give yourself the dignity of admitting your artistic wounds. That's the first step in healing them. However, unblocking is also the process of relinquishing control. Cameron offers at least 10 tasks per chapter, and the student can pick and choose. So the activities the student choose can really paint their journey through the book. Wounds can range from parasites to trifles, but the basic tools combined with the task can be used to address it all. Wounds is a multi-headed monster that looks forward and backward in equal measure. It can't sit still because it always has a worry to nurse. Wounds doesn't like tea time or any kind of reflective break. Wounds is too busy ruminating to create. The biggest thing that Cameron's tasks accomplish is that they get the student to do something. On page 141 of The Artist's Way, Cameron writes that, as a rule of thumb, it is best to just admit that there is always one action you can take for your creativity daily. The basic tools and tasks can be used to slay wounds because they shift the focus from rumination to creation. While I agree with Cameron that identifying artistic wounds is certainly the first step in healing them, I didn't especially relate to the tasks in the book that were focused on addressing past pain. One of the only tasks I chose with that kind of focus was in week one when I rewrote negative statements that I say about myself, or as Cameron calls them, blurts into positive ones. Rewriting my self-doc is not a new activity for me, but it is always useful to revisit it. The way I talk to myself is definitely a big wound of mine. It's useful also to think of this task specifically from an artistic point of view. What things do I say about my art? The examples I came up with were, my writing is too sparse, and my writing isn't very emotional. I rewrote them as, I get to the point and I know what details matter, and I write characters with deep flaws who struggle to express themselves. It was useful to reconstruct those mantras as it gave me a better grasp of my style as a writer, and it helped me reconceptualize perceived flaws as strengths. One of the playful tasks that I did was listen to an album for 20 minutes. I set a timer and put an album on, and I didn't do anything else except bop around the room while it played. I haven't done anything like that since I was a teenager. As an adult, music is always something that I have in the background. I'm usually either driving or doing chores. 
It was really enjoyable to listen to music just for the sake of it. I see characters in movies or television do that, and I'm always filled with both wonder and envy. While I listened, I heard lyrics I'd never stopped to really hear before. I felt my heart rate slow. Though I focused more on the playful tasks, like listening to music, I think such tasks are also healing balms. They heal the general wound of the banality of life. I know it sounds dramatic, but life can get achingly dull at times with the never-ending wounds of chores, bills, work, and repeat. We get so accustomed to work that sometimes we even turn what should be joyful, like our art, into work. I think we do this because play and delight feel like too much of a luxury. But Cameron consistently asks you to be silly and playful. She asks you to experiment and indulge in delight. The paradox, she says, is that serious art is born from serious play. So if play feels too intimidating for its lack of structure and defined rules, then know that you are doing something that extends far beyond the moment. You are healing wounds. You are preventing wounds. What I most appreciate about the task portion of this book is that many of the tasks inspire reflection. For example, in week 11, I reflected on five ways that I had changed since starting The Artist's Way. One of the greatest changes I noted is that I found a flow state easier to come by. What a shame it would be if I had not given that momentous change any thought simply because I didn't reflect on it. In that same task in week 11, Cameron also asks you to think forward. She asks you to consider how you will keep changing and how you will nurture yourself in the next six months. As a teacher myself, I know the power of reflection for retention and growth. If you were to plow through this book without stopping to think about how it was affecting your creative practice, then you wouldn't get much out of it. While I have my criticisms of this book and Cameron's teaching technique, I have to applaud Cameron for baking reflection right into the journey. On page 137, she writes that, when faced with a loss, immediately take one small action to support your artist. So I will follow Cameron's lead here and ask you, after you investigate your creative wounds, how will you nurture and support yourself in your art? Thank you for listening to Art and the Monsters. Have you lived by the artist's way? Tell me about your experience at artandthemonsters at gmail.com.